0: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VCEN, the sports betting network.
3: Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw, starting off a new week on a Monday here. Amal, obviously, the big news Deshaun Watson comes down from former federal judge Sue Robinson. Six game suspension. We'll get to that in a moment. 30 minutes from now, our friend Jeff Erickson, co founder of RotoWire, will be on to discuss. Uh, All the comings and goings in Major League Baseball, who he thinks ultimately is going to win the Juan Soto sweepstakes and what he thinks of the moves made so far. We'll also talk some tennis on U.S. soil today. But first, your initial reaction to the six-game suspension handed down by the former federal judge.
4: You know, I thought it was bad. I understand she's going based on evidence, but this is not a court of law. If you're the NFL, you've got to protect your business uh, interest. And for me, I thought the optics are terrible for the National Football League. This is the same suspension you gave to Ezekiel Elliott. uh, And Roethlisberger. And Ben Roethlisberger. 11 games less than Calvin Ridley. And a lot of people I hear always argue, well, Ridley shouldn't have gotten 17 games. No, Ridley should have gotten a lifetime ban. And the reason is because gambling is the only thing that can take down the NFL. If you feel a player or a referee is compromised or a coach, anything like that. But to me, when you look at this from a Deshaun Watson perspective, obviously it's a huge win. But... I just think that this is just bad for the optics of the NFL. You basically said, hey, even though there's uh, not enough to indict him from a criminal standpoint, I think you have to send a message and you've got to protect the shield. Everything else about protecting the shield. Every time somebody tries to sue the NFL, it's always a settlement because they don't want to go through discovery. I I just think from a a big-picture perspective, this doesn't look good for the league.
3: Okay, now from a gambling perspective, you have Baltimore to win the division over the wins and to win the Super Bowl. Does this decision make you um, less confident in your bet? Were you factoring in that you thought Deshaun would be out for the year when you made that bet, or is it irrelevant to it's you? Irrelevant. You're betting on your team. All
4: right. First of all, Deshaun Watson is in that class of quarterbacks that somehow gets anointed for being great without having actually won anything. I mean, you know, people tell me how great Eli Manning is. At least he's got two rings. Why is Deshaun Watson so great? He didn't play last year. He's going to miss the first six games of this year. He's got a new team. It's not going to be the smoothest transition necessarily coming in in week seven and being able to take over under center and being seamless. When you look at Baltimore, to me, has the team been decimated by injuries no. more than the Ravens were last year? Especially defensively. They had uh, no secondary. They had no secondary. You have one of the best cornerbacks mm-hmm. in Marlon Humphrey. You've got mm-hmm. a proven commodity in Marcus Peters, Ronnie Stanley on that offensive line, Dobbins, Edwards, and then a former league MVP in Lamar Jackson. Um, to me, Watson's a very good talent, but until they actually win something with him, it doesn't really make a difference. For me, it, it didn't matter with the Browns in terms of what they were going to potentially be able to do, whether they have Watson for 11 or 17 games.
3: Well, we look at the six games that he's going to miss, Yeah. Or, or, according to this, and I don't know if he'll appeal. He said he wouldn't. They're at the Panthers in week one, host the Jets, host the Steelers at Falcons, favorite in all those games. Mm-hmm. This was with him in the lineup. Chargers are a three-point home dog. Uh, Pats are favored at home. What do you think with Jacoby Brissett? Let's assume this this gets ratified here. Ne- no, neither side appeal. Uh, with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, what's the Browns' record after these six weeks?
4: Um, you know, look, based on the way the schedule plays out, they could easily be four and two. They could easily be two and four. Um, they get the Panthers and the Jets. Those are winnable games. Actually, probably uh, three and three at worst. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I forgot that they have the uh, Jets there at home in Week Two. Now, um, now Brissett,
3: I had a much higher opinion of during his time in Indianapolis as a backup to Tua. He looked like he should be at the Louvre. I mean, he was like a statue in Miami, really, really immobile. And maybe he just wasn't ready. Um, but I look at this schedule and I say they're three and three or four and two when Deshaun comes back. Now, to your point. He just steps into the season in Game 7. It's not like he's getting the full training camp and he's just ready to go.
4: i tell you what, the schedule worked out really nicely for Mm -hmm. the Browns. At the Panthers, Jets home, Steelers home, at Falcons, Chargers, and Patriots home. These are all winnable games. But what's going to be interesting to me, Mike, is he comes back for the Ravens game at Baltimore, which is never an easy place to play. That's the opening game. And then you have the Bengals. Two crucial division games in back-to-back weeks with a guy making his first start in a, in a year and a half. More than a year and a half, actually. You go Basically, you got to go back to the 2021 season. or oh, right. Excuse me, the 2020 season. Um, so that'll be the interesting challenge. But I think they can get through the schedule. It'll be tougher against the Chargers. The New England game will be crucial because I think both these teams are going to be buying uh, for a playoff spot as a wild card. And that head-to-head is going to matter.
3: All right. Here are the... Props for Deshaun Watson now, assuming he plays 11 games, right? Because he's going to be suspended for six. Over under passing yards, 2,850 and a half.
4: So 11 games, you're looking at what? 250, 250, a little over 255 a game.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, To me, I would go over on this one. I, I think there'll be some opportunities to throw the football. Look, they're going to throw the ball a lot more, I think, even though they've got a great running back in Nick Chubb. I think when you factor in how good of a player uh, Watson could potentially be with what they have offensively, I think they've got a chance.
3: Passing touchdowns in 11 games, a maximum of 11 games, over under 18 and a half.
4: This is, these aren't the kind of props I particularly like because so many times you could lead a team down the field, you get a defensive holding at the one-yard line, now you're running in, whether it's Chubb or anybody else, uh, Watson himself, so I, I would stay away from that one.
3: Interceptions over under seven and a half.
4: and um, That's a good number. Uh, I, I would pass on that one, but I, I would lean towards uh, over because I think a little bit of rust, and then I also think every once in a while you're going to have two to three picks that are just errant throws that are not necessarily your fault.
3: Okay, here's uh, three personal props, player props for to be NFL MVPs, forty to one, offensive player of the year, sixty to one. Here's the interesting one, comeback player of the year,
4: ten to one. For MVP and comeback player of the year, he could be ten thousand to one. You just, can't, I just don't think the media is going to vote for him. Look, Albert Bell wasn't a criminal. He couldn't win uh, MVP, and he beat the hell out of Mo Vaughn that year. And he 50 homers, 50 doubles. I mean, this guy would have to lead this team to an 11-0 record, throw for four touchdowns every game, and then you might consider voting for him.
3: The Browns are plus 230 right now to win the AFC North, 12-1 to to get to the Super Bowl, and 25-1 to to win the Super Bowl. All right, let's go to one of our segments that's been very popular here throughout the year and a half course of this show, Over or Out?, uh, we're going to take a look at some college coaches. And so here's the question for you. Will their team go over the win total, or will they be out? Or neither, or both? I mean, our options as well. Let's talk about our favorite coach at Auburn, Brian Harsin. Uh, year two for him. They finished six and seven uh, last year, three and five in the SEC West, and lost their uh, the bowl game, uh, the Birmingham Bowl, to Houston. Uh, the win total for Auburn... Over six and a half, heavily favored, minus 170. Does Auburn go over six and a half wins, or is Brian Harson out them all? Whew,
4: I'm going to say under six and a half wins. You think he'll be fired after year two? I I have a feeling, you know, it's going to be interesting because they get W Western Kentucky the week before they play Bama. They'll probably end up keeping him around, that I think he gets fired after the Bama game. Look, real quick, let me go through their schedule. Mercer, San Jose State wins. They get Penn State at Jordan-Hare, that's going to be the kind of the swing game for them. I don't know if they're going to win that game or not. Missouri comes calling down to Jordan-Hare. They're going to be 3-1 and at worst, 4-0. and <laughs> Wow, they get LSU at home as well. I don't think they're going to win that football game. So they're looking in my book at potentially 3-2, and 4-1 there. At Georgia, at Ole Miss. I think those are going to be losses. Wu Pig Sui comes in after a bye. I think that's going to be lost. Stark Vegas, at they're going to lose. a I think, beats them. They beat Western Kentucky, and I think they lose to Bama. So, you'll take the plus 140 on under six and a I, half. I would, because even, even if they beat Penn State, they're going to have to win either against the Razorbacks at home, and um, they're going to have to win at Stark Vegas to be able to get over this number, um, to get over the number. Because I'm assuming a win against Western Kentucky. It That's, comes down to the LSU and the Penn right, State games. Well, let's say they win six games. Is mm-hmm. Brian Harson canned at the end of the year? It depends on who's available in the coaching market. I mean, sometimes you got to look around before you make a coaching change to see if this is the person you can bring in. And I don't think with Saban still being at Alabama that a lot of coaches necessarily are ready to go down on the plains even though they have great support.
3: Okay, how about David Shaw at Stanford? This is his 12th year. Uh, they were awful last year. No offense at all. 3-9 and nine overall, 2-7 and seven in the Pac-12. He has had a successful run at Stanford, 93-45. and 45. They haven't made a bowl since 2018, though, Amal. Uh... Stanford's win total. We talked about this. Over under four and a half. You said you don't, you can't bet the over. If anything, you'd take the under. The over's plus 120. If David Shaw doesn't win five games, is he out at Stanford?
4: It's interesting. You know, I, I think with Stanford, it's a little bit different dynamic than other schools simply because... Mom, M- well, they're not going to pay these players. This NIL hurts them. Well... I mean, I hear what you're saying, but you're not selling. Look, to me, Stanford's an easy sell. You have the best campus in the world. I shouldn't say world, but at least from my perspective, domestically, it's the best campus I've ever seen. Not to mention that you could sit there and say, by the way, there's a chance one of your future classmates is going to be a billionaire. If you kind of align yourself with them, you may have that opportunity as well. So when I look at what the options there are going to Stanford, I think it's a no-brainer for a player uh, you still have a shot to get to the National Football League, but I think what hurts them is when you look at their record the last three years: two and seven, four and two, three and six. Remember, in 2020, they only played the six yep. games. I don't know if he could potentially survive another year if they were to go four and eight. I, I think it could be the door on him. But you know, you look at Stanford and where they've been; it, it wouldn't surprise me if they decided to stick around with him. Or I'm sorry, let me. Uh, those are the conference record: three and nine, yep. four and two, four and eight. So. I think it would be hard. I, I would be looking to move on from him. At some point in time, you got to change the dynamics. Here's the other problem with Shaw. They run an old-school style of football. I, you're not bringing in players. To me, I think you can get players to come to your program. There's a kid at Ohio State, Emeka Ibuka, was a 4.0 student in high school, tremendous student. To me, he's the kind of kid, if he's not going to stay in the state of Washington, Stanford should be bringing him in. He's, he was an elite wide receiver coming out of high school. you got to get players like him, and they're just not doing that right now. Yeah, it's one playing thing to
3: play very conservative football and you're winning Yes, a bowl absolutely. games and winning bowl games. Yes. It's another thing when you're non-competitive and boring.
4: Well, well that Rose Bowl back when they destroyed Iowa yeah. in 12 and 2. I mean, you're talking 2015. Yeah, that's that's the, a lifetime ago now. Game was over at the kickoff.
3: <laughs> the College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams including team trends, power ratings and over under recommendations. Oh. Plus our best season win total bets, our Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to the football guide is to become a Vsin subscriber. Sign up early. Listen to this for a discounted $175. Go to v slash subscribe. When we come back, we'll continue over and out and some tennis.
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone is on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds Odd. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Excited. Jeff Erickson's gonna join us in fifteen minutes. I wanna hear where he thinks Juan Soto's going. Maybe we can get ahead of the betting, betting markets here. And will Louis Castillo make a difference in Seattle? And by making a difference, I think to make that trade work, it's not that they that they just win that first wild card series. So they're gonna be wild cards. So they're gonna to have to win that best of three, but that they get to at least the ALCS.
4: Yeah, but so what does that mean if you get to the ALCS? Well, I mean, they haven't been to
3: the playoffs in 21 I, years. I, I got that in Seattle. I understand that. But to, to 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 make a trade just to get past one series doesn't make sense to me.
4: Oh, I would agree with that. But even to get to the LCS and lose doesn't make sense to me. Well,
3: I, I still think when you make the final four, there's something to that. I think making the final four in every sport is the is the cutoff point.
4: I, you never struck That's me my as opinion.
3: A, I didn't say that. I, I just think you attack me didn't... like you attacked Femi. Okay, I was not losers, but
4: uh, (laughs) I'm just I'm just saying you didn't strike me as a uh, trophy participation kind of guy. I'm not saying trophy, but I think that's a demarcation
3: line in almost every sport, whether you make a final four or not. I understand that championships on a different level, but at least to get to a, a championship series is significantly better than you just made the playoffs. I want to ask you. I will ask Jeff Erickson the question. I want to get back to this because I I love talking to you about college football.
4: I'm on tilt already from your statement. Please continue. All right, Uh,
3: participation trophies in Louisville. (laughs) Scott Satterfield.
4: He should hold on a minute. He should have been fired back in the Navy game a couple of years ago when Navy cut it to about I forgot what the score was about 18 or something, and they. Seven minutes to go, and they go with the onsides kick, and Louisville shocked.
3: <laughs> well, they thought with the with the triple option, they had plenty of time still. <laughs>
4: it's a, it's, a, it's like when you read the headlines in newspaper: plane crashes into building, and people surprised. Like, I mean, come on.
3: Uh, year four for Satterfield at Louisville. They finished uh, four and four in conference, six and seven overall. Listen, uh, eighteen and nineteen, twelve and thirteen in conference play is not uh, anything to write home about. They did make a bowl in 2021, lost to the Air Force, the first responder bowl. Uh, He did win his other bowl game at Louisville. The win total of them all for Louisville. I don't think we talked about this specifically this year. Over six and a half, plus 105. Does Louisville win seven games, or is Scott Satterfield out?
4: Um, you know, I'm just kind of pulling up their yeah. schedule right now to see what this team is. Look, they do lose Harold down to uh, uh, Alabama. Great slot receiver is only going to help Alabama. I mean, you talk about an acquisition and a half. I like Malik Cunningham. If he can be consistent, I think he's got an opportunity to be really dangerous. This Cardinals team for me, Mike, when I look at their schedule, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a challenge overall. Um, they're in the obviously in a league where I, I think you can do well with, with the ACC, but still... I'm just not a buyer on this team.
3: They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They open with conference play yeah. at the uh, Carrier Three-and-a-half-point favorite at Syracuse.
4: Yeah, I think they'll lose at UCF. I mm-hmm. think Florida State can beat them, even though the Seminoles have a hard time with this Cardinal team. They should beat USF. I didn't, what are they making, the Florida tour here? What's the matter, Gators in Miami weren't available? <laughs> um, anyway, then you've got at BC, I think they'll lose at Chestnut Hill. At Virginia, they should be able to potentially win that game. Uh, Deeks, they should lose, too. They should beat James Madison at Clemson. They'll lose. NC State, they'll lose. At Kentucky, they'll lose. So three. Mike, I'm looking at five, six. They're going to be under 500. Uh, one of my favorite lines from Thad Motta when Jack McClinton got thrown out of a game against uh, Ohio State and Miami in college basketball, he goes, he's gone. Scott Satterfield, he's gone. Yeah, I think they win six at most, maybe five. That's. I feel like that's where they're at right now. What's their season over, under? Six and a
3: half, plus
4: 105. Boys, they got to win
3: seven to go over.
4: I see four losses in the back of the schedule. I'm maybe them five. The Florida
3: State game, and they still five or six.
4: I agree with you. I think even if they beat Florida State. Look, the problem is the back end of the schedule. Pittsburgh. They're Wake not Forest, winning their last three. Completely agree with you. Um, and then can they beat Pittsburgh? Can they beat Wake Forest? Those are home games. I don't think they win at UCF. I like this one under. This is this is a good underplay here. Okay, Willie Taggart at uh, FAU. He's in year
3: number three. Three and five in conference last year, five and seven overall, seven and seven, ten and eleven in his two years there. Uh, their last bowl appearance was in 2020. Season win total for FAU five and a half. I'm all heavily juiced to the over. Um, do they win six games, or is Willie Taggart
4: out, or both? <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, to me, uh, obviously Willie Taggart facing a lawsuit from a former player as well doesn't bode well for him. But listen, when you've got Nikosi Perry as your starting quarterback here, is he you, still eligible for college football? Ninth year, it doesn't matter. You Wasn't know. he at Miami like five years ago? It was still the best bounce passer that, you know, <laughs> they didn't have on, on Laronega's team. But you know, you look at the schedule, they open with the 49ers, they should take care of business. At Ohio, uh, they should win that game. Southeastern, they'll start three. You know, UCF could get them. At Rossade, they'll lose. They should win in uh Denton at North Texas. Rice. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike, until they play the Blazers and this is a very manageable schedule. What's the season win total? Five and a half. Heavy, oh, i go over. Heavy heavy to the over. Minus 160. I, that's, that's a good. Listen, on these bets on the season win totals, it's okay with the extra juice if you're shaving half a game if instead of a six, you get a five and a half. Because, Mike, when I look at this schedule, th- this is one where you're, you're looking at potentially, before you even get to October 29th against the Blazers, you could be over the season win total. This is a pretty good one. Willie Taggart should have stayed at USF. His career
3: has gone downhill. I know he took a shot. He was at Oregon a year, but then the disaster at Florida State, and now and now he's struggling at FAU. You
4: know, somebody asked me, why do coaches take these moves sometimes, and it's just a monetary decision. I mean, yeah. he look, I, I said when he got to Florida State he wasn't going to be good. He had never lost more than five games in a season except one year. All right, last
3: one, Neil Brown at West Virginia, his fourth year. They were four and five in the Big Twelve last year, six and seven overall. He's eleven and fifteen in conference play in his three years, seventeen and eighteen overall. Uh, they lost to Minnesota in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in a, in a game that flew by. I mean, that was like a running clock game. I remember it very well. Um, win total for them this year is five and a half. Of them all juiced equally to the over and the under. Do the Mountaineers win six games, or is Neil Brown out in Morgantown?
4: Um. You know, this is interesting. I think it's time to move on from him. Even if they get the number of wins that you're suggesting, I, I just don't think it's enough to keep him around. Uh, they open with the backyard brawl at Pittsburgh. That's going to be a crucial game for both teams. They've got to win against the Rock Chalkers. Towson they'll beat. This is another good one at Virginia Tech. Oh, then they got to go to DKR to take on Texas. I think they'll lose that game. They're looking at potentially 2-3 and three before the bye. Baylor at uh, Texas Tech. That's going to be a tough one. TCU comes calling at Iowa. Oklahoma, K-State, Oklahoma State. Bye-bye, Neil Brown.
3: Their two main sports have really not been relevant in the Big 12 in the in the past few years.
4: Yeah. I, Bob football Huggins, or basketball. Huggins basketball team's falling off. Yeah. Um, the football team has really taken a nosedive since Holgerson left. And look, I don't think it's the easiest place to get a good coach in there because you don't have a recruiting base. Now, yeah, Pittsburgh, not that far away, but can you get kids to come down and play there? Okay,
3: let's go to tennis them all. Uh, we've got the WTA in San Jose, also in Washington, uh, Shui Zhang against Madison Keys. I'm all Keys, $1.75. Uh,
4: you know what? I didn't touch this one. Keys been a little bit inconsistent. We'll see here. Um, I, I thought this is, uh, uh, Zhang Shuai could, uh, beat her here. She's beaten her before. Uh, I would look at the dog here possibly, but I, I would actually stay off the match.
3: The Wimbledon champ, Elena Ravikina mm-hmm. against Daria Katsakina, dollar seventy.
4: Yeah, this is going to be a tough one again. Also here, both players one-to-one, head-to-head. Um, I think, though, on a hard court, you got to favor uh, Elena Rubikina in this one.
3: Uh, Elise Mertens is $1.85 against Ludmila Samsonova.
4: Uh, I would go with the dog here. Mertens has really had issues this year. She lost uh, in Prague in a hard court tournament last week. She just hasn't been the same player. And Samsonova can really present some challenges. Good player, young player. Uh, I think she's got an opportunity here. Just based on pricing, you'd take the dog here. Venus
3: Williams is a plus 265 dog against uh, Rebecca Marino, minus 350.
4: Give me the Canadian here, but I wouldn't lay the price. Uh, Look, you know, it's an American tournament. Venus kind of playing. Going to make one more push at the U.S. Open. I think this will be her swan song. song, Excuse me, but... uh, I, I think this is going to be a tough one for her to win.
3: This match, I think, is in progress. But just your thoughts, uh, Kaya Kanepi against your favorite player, Greet Menon.
4: I like Kaya Kanepi. <laughs> I took Kanepi in this one. Oh, you have Minin. Kanepi. Yeah. Is it in progress? No, now? I haven't started yet okay. for a while. Wait, but what'd it, you lay? You laid the two dollars, yeah, $2? flat. Um, two flat. But you know, Greet <laughs> Minion. <laughs> the certain players, Mike. I, I don't care who they're playing. You'd never take them, and she's one of them. Greet Menon. She's mm-hmm. beat us though. She's beat us before. There's a reason she's still on the tour. She's going to yeah. win a few matches.
3: All right, and then the ATP, the city open in Washington. Yeah. Andy Murray in action against Mikhail Weimer. Yeah. Murray, $3 favorite.
4: Yeah, I'll go with Andy here on the hard court. Uh, Michael Yemmer, not not a bad player, uh, but uh, I just think it's going to be a little bit too much for him.
3: Um, Bill Russell passes yesterday. Yeah. Most championships of anyone in team sport. Won two, wow. won two national titles at the University San, of San Francisco, oh, yeah. and then 11 with the Boston Celtics.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, just a tremendous guy uh, in terms of what he meant to the NBA and uh, off the floor as well. Coming up, we have Jeff Erickson,
3: co-founder of Rotowire. Where is Juan Soto going?
0: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Check out VEASAN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from right here in Las Vegas and all across this great country of ours. Download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast now at vesan.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. And at this time on Monday at 1130 Pacific, we bring in our good buddy, Jeff Erickson, co-founder of Rotowire. How are you doing this week, Jeff?
8: I'm good. I mean, guys, it's the trade deadline tomorrow. I was doing my show on SiriusXM Fantasy right when the Hater trade broke. Uh, while we were talking about Deshaun Watson and Devo getting the bag, there's a lot of things to talk about.
3: Well, let's start there uh, with, the, with the trade. Obviously, yeah. two dominant relievers earlier in the year, both of them struggling. Hater goes to the Padres. Taylor Rogers goes to the brewers i think it's a great thing i think it's a great thing for taylor rogers got a good shot of getting two playoff shares here i mean with 28 (laughs) saves to the padres he's certainly (laughs) going to get a full padres uh playoff share as well who wins this trade who which reliever does better down the stretch
8: well i i think that this year haters probably better um i don't think that's a surprise to anyone but they paid a lot for that privilege I mean, not just Rogers, but uh, estuary Ruiz, uh, Denelson Lamets, an ultimate wild card. Uh, the pitcher they got uh, was a second-round pick last year. Uh, they got a lot in return. You know who also used to uh, trade closers all the time, even when they were winning, was the Oakland A's when Billy Bean was the GM. Mm. You know, And that seemed to work out quite a few times for them. Uh, the Brewers, it's weird to see a first-place team tw- trading away their closer and an elite one at that. But that's what the market is right now. There's not that many good players relief pitchers out on the market and they just traded away the best one, got a big haul for him.
3: I want to stay with the Padres. Joe Musgrove, $100 million for five years. If you're the Padres, are you making that contract?
8: Absolutely. Twice on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great signing. Uh, That's the market. I think he's a guy that he's, you know, even when he doesn't have his best, he digs deep. He's had like one really bad outing and that's when he came back from COVID. And he still went, I think, five or six in that outing. You know, he gave them the innings. He always gives them the innings. He digs in. I like Musgrove a lot. I think he's a, a, a top 15 starting pitcher. And that's what the gr- going rate for uh, those guys are. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'd am i be very happy that they, I kept him in San Diego.
4: You know, you know, based on your comments there, Jeff, then I would actually agree it's a good deal for the Potters because they're not even paying him some of the premium that other guys are getting if you consider him to be a top 15 guy. So it'll be interesting to see how this thing works out. Uh, Not to stay necessarily on the Padres theme, but it seems like they're the ones who might be a front runner for Juan Soto. First of all, your gut, where do you believe he lands or does he not move this year? Because remember, he's still arbitration eligible for two more years. And if the Padres acquire him, is it going to be enough with Darvish, Musgrove, uh, in terms of the starting pitching to get them over the hump against potentially the Dodgers and the Mets?
8: Uh, that's the question, right? I mean, you locked in those two guys and you traded for haters. So clearly they're swinging for the fences this year uh, and they get Tatis back at some point, some point still. We still don't know. And they still have Machado, too. I mean, that's the core of a great team. Now, the question is, can the, you know, the, all the other parts add up? I want to know what the details are in possible photo trade. Reportedly, they're still the front runners. Them and the Dodgers, I heard, is the latest uh, that I've heard, uh, you know. But every team is throwing their hat in the ring, and why wouldn't you? He's a generational player, 23 years old, Two, as you alluded to, two more seasons after this one is, isn't just a rental. Uh, this is, you know, you can build around this for a while, and, yeah, I, I think it, it puts him right there. I mean, remember, at point about this time last year, maybe it may be a month earlier, we we're put, talking about the Padres in the same breath as we were the Dodgers. The Dodgers went out and got Scherzer last year. I think, uh, AJ Preller learned, learned from that. And he's like, he's leaving no stone unturned. They thought they had a deal for Scherzer last year when the Dodgers got it and they got nothing. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to diminish the uh, input of Adam Frazier, but they got nothing. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's a big change. It, it was a sea change difference. Jeff,
3: last week you talked to us about Seattle. Uh, being a dark horse to get Soto. They don't get Soto, but they go out and get the top pitcher uh, in Louis Castillo. I wanna, I'm going to ask this question from the Reds' perspective. Why was it necessary to get rid of Castillo? You have a rotation. Think about this rotation as you move forward. Castillo, Molly, Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft. You know, not many teams have five guys that can throw the ball that hard. Why can't you build a team around that rotation? Why did they have to deal Castillo?
8: Because look at their starting lineup. Brandon Drury is having a great year. Awesome. And he should be traded too. Tommy Pham is your number three hitter. (laughs) Kyle Farmer is your number five hitter. I I say no more guys. I mean, this is a bad lineup. It's a bad bullpen. Um, It's just, they, and it's because they tore apart a contending team now if you want to argue why didn't they try to build on this team that was pretty good a couple years ago instead of trading away Iglesias, letting archie bradley walk not replacing with any other reliever not improving shortstop for the last couple of seasons you know i'm not I, I, that's what i'm holding on to that's the thing that i'm thinking is why didn't they do that now they got to the point where their next good team is three or four years away i mean it's not it's also one thing to build around good young pitching keeping that healthy is very difficult to do too. Uh, I I think I like the trade that they made. I I hate that they were put in the position where they had to do it, but I think he perfectly timed that. one. That's the one thing the Reds have done right in the last year and a half.
4: I want to go to the Milwaukee Brewers. You mentioned the Hater and uh, Rogers trade. I'm not a big Rogers guy, especially as a closer. This team is four games ahead of St. Louis. Um, What kind of message is this for the clubhouse and for this team? Because it seems like you're getting separation with the Cardinals, but St. Louis is theoretically still in the Juan Soto sweepstakes. Uh, how do you see the National League Central playing out, Jeff?
8: This is the way they do business. I mean, Hayter was going to be a free agent after 2023. They've 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 called this shot long ago. Hayter's name has been bouncing around in trade rumors for a while. The fact that they're in first place when they did makes it look awkward. But, I mean, they got a haul for him. Um, and they, they were never going to re-sign him. Uh, they weren't going to get to do the long-term thing. So it made sense. Devin Williams. Is bit better than Hater right now. By the way, Hater's actually struggled lately, um, so I, I'm with you. I share my concerns about uh, Rogers, but I think they'll mix and match. I think Williams will get some save chances. I think uh, Boxberger could even save here and there too. Uh, and I just, they got a lot for him. Um, Rogers is just ancillary. It's interesting. Twice now, Rogers has been traded as a closer from a team that's expected to contend. Um, Minnesota didn't want him as their closer, and they, they've struggled to replace him. Uh, now the Padres had replaced him with Luis Garcia, you know, RIP to everyone that just picked up Luis Garcia and free agent bidding on our fantasy leagues on Sunday night, and then saw this trade on Monday morning. But uh, you know, you know, this is, this is, it's kind of interesting to see Rogers bounce around like this.
3: I think Yimi Garcia is better than Taylor Rogers right now. I thought they were making the change to him as closer. Now it makes sense why they didn't re- use Rogers yesterday, but he's been better than Rogers the last two to three weeks when Roger started. It was
8: 101, too. 101. I mean, I didn't know Luis Garcia threw that threw that hard.
3: L- look, look, Rogers came in and dominated in April and May featuring the fastball, and now he won't throw it. It's just curve after yeah. curve or slot, whatever you want to call that pitch. And even the worst teams can sit on that. Uh, I want to ask a couple of the player races uh, here, Jeff, and, and both of them in the American League. You said too early to call with the Cy Young at the break. Strange McClanahan. He, he gives up runs in the all-star game. They wait six days. He only throws 82 pitches. Then he gives up five runs this weekend. This suddenly opening wide up. But if you say it's not McClanahan, is it Verlander or is it, as Amal said, his guy Cease That's going to win this Cy Young. And
8: I, I, I don't forget about Shohei. I mean, he's oh. still in the mix. He gets fewer starts and I get it, but he's been so utterly dominant. Um, it could even be Garrett Cole with the two awesome months down the stretch. I mean, it's, That open, and you get good plus odds on Garrett Cole right now. I'd consider it there, but um, yeah, it it really is going to be a recency bias vote. I think I I think it's going to come down to the very end.
3: All right, but you you then led me into the Shohei. I was going to ask this. the second thing. You know, Shohei went from five and a half to one two months ago. He went on that pitching run where he won the six straight games and didn't give up more than an earned run, and he became the favorite at minus one twenty to minus one fifty. Judge figures it out again at the plate, and now Judge is high as a four dollar to four fifty favorite in mm-hmm. some markets. Is this done? Is this more now about Judge, how he finishes down the stretch, or Shohei? And for Shohei, isn't it really just about the pitching right now? How many wins and quality starts he can accumulate if he's going to be the one to win the 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 uh, MVP?
8: I think that's going to be a big part of it. Because let's face it, the Angels are out of it. And I yeah. think that's ultimately what's it's an uphill climb for now. Uh, they are such a bad team. Worst one, uh, WRC plus worst Woba in baseball over the last 30 days, 30% strikeout rate as a team, as a team, they're striking out 30% of the time, just tough team to watch. Uh, and I think that really hurts him. I mean, judge is now on bonds watch. Uh, that's how hot he is right now. And that, you know, that that's going to finish that if he, if he gets anywhere you know within that and they pull away when the division have the best record in baseball, I think it'll go back to judge, but, and you can see that in the odds, um. I mean, it, it, you're getting three to one on Otani. I'll probably take it uh, because those are the better. That's a better payoff. But uh, yeah, it, it's really become a two dog race, though.
3: You know, there's only one hitter in the Angels lineup right now, and that's Louis Renifo.
8: <laughs> yeah, two stolen bases on Saturday. I saw that batting third.
3: Listen, he's the Uh, toughest uh, out in the lineup. I don't want to face Renifo. Shohei's, you know, boom or bust. He's
8: swinging for the fences every time. Of course. And and why wouldn't he on this lineup? The team can't hit. We're
4: up against it, Jeff, but I just (laughs) want to leave you with this stat. Uh, Judge's got 20 more runs scored than the second closest in the American League, Jordan Alvarez, 87 to 67. Jeff,
3: thanks for the time. As always, we'll talk to you next Monday when we will know
4: all. You bet. Thanks, guys.
3: (laughs) I thank you. All right, coming up, we break down the Major League slate, including Nathan Avaldi, who wants to retire Red Sox on the Hill at Minute Maid.
6: I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. He's like that, see that?
7: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. That day, and then he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
6: you what know? I told you? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that?
7: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a
6: culture shock. And he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what you I told know? you? I said, I OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college You you ain't need it.
7: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN the Sports Betting Network.
4: Bet Rivers online sportsbook is serving up big wins with our new weekly profit boost on all tennis wagers. Visit betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers sportsbook app every Wednesday to receive a twenty percent profit boost on any tennis wager. That's right. Log in every Wednesday and automatically receive a twenty percent profit boost. And now you can even live stream your favorite tennis players right from the Bet Rivers app. Heat up your summer with the Bet Rivers sportsbook app. It's a whole new game.
3: Welcome back into Odds On, Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. We haven't hit Major League Baseball yet, Amal, but I do want to talk a little bit of soccer. Uh, the English championship league, mm-hmm. um, started this past weekend. The EPL starts this weekend. Uh, but, uh, the, the final game is today at noon. Um, nine of the 10 matches so far have gone under two and a half of them all, uh, in the English championship league. And then, uh, I bet I laid a dollar 30 Watford, uh, Sheffield United, the last game of the, uh, opening week, uh, under two and a half minus 130, just so everybody else out there knows. I, I was on four of the nine uh, that, that went under, either in small parlays or a few straight bets. Um, but it's been very nervy, very tight soccer so far, as you would expect in the opening uh, week in many of these places.
4: Yeah, but you look at like Blackburn QPR, Blackpool, uh, uh, Card- Car- I bet Card- Cardiff. The biggest All bet I had won- was Cardiff, L- that game in Birmingham Wales. Birmingham City, nil-nil. Yeah. I mean... You know, any particular reason you're seeing these games, um, Preston North uh, and was a nil-nil draw. Anything you think you're seeing right now early on why people should maybe potentially look at the unders? Well, I just did it this first week because, and until I look at the teams, because I think these,
3: you know, it's different. It's not like the Major League Baseball season. It's game one of 162. I mean, all, all these teams... And in these leagues that have promotion and relegation, mm-hmm. I mean, all these teams dream that they're going to be at the top and they'll get to the, especially at the championship. In the EPL, you dream you don't, be, you're not bad and you don't get put down to, to the championship league. But even these teams always think, will we be in the mix to be promoted? And it's the start of a new season, and it's like hope springs eternal in, in in America for baseball. So the the crowds were wild if you if you watched in these games, and uh, I thought it was pretty terrific. By the way, Nigel Seeley, who did the conference here and went to that game. Uh, at At Allegiant between Real Madrid and Barcelona, he said the atmosphere at Allegiant was better than an EPL game. Wow. For for, for that game between the, the, the Giants of Spain. Now he said it was absolutely amazing.
4: Yeah, that was a heck of a game that
3: they had here. They, but Yeah, for an exhibition match, it was a tremendous game.
4: Absolutely right. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Um, I, I tell you, that's the greatest thing I wish we had in American sports is relegation. I wish we did too. I mean, you'd had the Marlins relegated a long time ago.
3: Yeah. Uh well let's speak of the Marlins. See if we can and run through the baseball card here and inspire any plays out of you. Reds at Marlins mm-hmm. returning the favor. Remember the Marlins were in Cincinnati last week. Hunter Green on the mound for the Reds. Jesus Lazardo gets the start for the Marlins them Marlins, a small home favorite here, dollar fifteen.
4: Yes, Hunter Green's been hit or missed. You know, he's been so inconsistent. Comes up with an ERA of five point five nine. I'm just not a big fan of his in terms of his lack of consistency. Uh, did pitch against the Marlins back on July 26th. Had a pretty decent outing in a game. The Marlins won 2-1. to one. Uh, He gave up two earned runs, uh, but did give up nine hits in just six in the third innings pitched. Um, the, the price here, I think, kind of dictates going with the Marlins having lost three in a row, got swept by the Metropolitans at home. But I think the Marlins bounce back here.
3: Yeah, the, the Mets. How about Mets and Braves both sweep over the weekend in, in their series? Merrill Kelly was outstanding I yesterday. Hit, I hit I hit the first five under, and I didn't even bet yes run in the fifth. That's how good he was pitching. Yeah. You know, against Freed, Freed was terrific as well. They get the run in the bottom of the ninth, uh, make the winner out of Kenley Jansen. He's now five and zero, but how many blown saves does he have? Mets sweep the Marlins. They go to our nation's capital to take on Pat Corbin and the Nats. Scherzer, as you call him, Maxie, on the mound for the Mets tonight. Mets two thirty favorite here at Mall. The total of eight and a half.
4: By the way, uh, this, this finally they got the run line right on this one. I see minus two fifty, minus a run and a half, minus one fifty. Corbin has been absolute trash as our um, producer. Britain has is chiming into my ear. Hammer plays. Absolutely right. You look at uh, Patrick Corbin, Mike quick numbers on him. Last uh, three starts, 10 and two thirds innings pitched. He's only given up 16 earned runs during that stretch. By the way, Dodgers game. he didn't even make it out of the first inning. Seven hit six earned runs. That was the game last. What was it? Wednesday. One of the best bets in the entire baseball season. Dodgers lost two in a row to the nationals minus Minus one thirty-two run line. They come through comfortably in that one. Um, Corbin here, I think, is in trouble. Max has been terrific since he's come back. I mean, his worst start was in Chicago where he gave up a 2 earned runs. Didn't pitch overwhelmingly great against the Padres. I still thought he was good, even though he gave up two-run runs and lost that one to Darvish. Will you lay the 150 here? Um, I don't know. I, I Listen, I'm going to play this game. I haven't decided I'm going to parlay the Mets with somebody or lay a run and a half in 150. Uh, Ma- I like the way the Mets are playing. Lindor's starting like to come I like the way around. they're hitting the ball. That's what I'm saying. That's the yeah, whole key thing. to it. Yeah. When they Pitcher. start putting up five, six runs a game. Lindor's playing tough. well.
3: I told you he's the key to the team. When he hits the ball, they're they're right there with anybody. Yeah. All right. Rockies at Padres. Padres went two out of three from the Twins over the weekend. Got to go down with Derek and watch the game on Saturday, the one that they lost. Uh, Sonny Gray was pretty good. Sonny Gray sitting in the front. We were right behind home plate. He, lo- he looks like he's just my height. I mean, he's just he he seems he seemed very small, but pitched well anyhow. Padres always have trouble in Coors. They get to play here in San Diego against the Rockies. Sensitella against Clevenger. Clevenger, almost a two-dollar home favorite here, at all seven and a half.
4: Yeah, price is a little bit high for a Padres team that's just anemic offensively. But I, I have to tell you, Mike, I would be looking potentially at the under in this game simply because I think Clevenger's going to limit this Padres team. I would look at this team total. I don't even know if the Padres, excuse me, if the Rockies get to three in this one. Um, Sensatella though could be vulnerable. That's the only concern I have looking at this under uh, last three starts, not particularly strong. Uh, in terms of his performance. Remember, he was injured, missed uh, about 21 days, and then last two in particular, three earned runs. But that was at Milwaukee and then against the White Sox at home. Much more uh, pitcher-friendly park in San Diego. I like the under 7.5 here.
3: Last Wednesday when you were on the uh, Dodgers on the run line in that game against Corbin, I laid off because Haney was pitching for the Dodgers. He's back in action tonight, this time in San Francisco. Remember, Dodgers swept the Giants four games in Chavez Ravine after the uh, All-Star break. Logan Webb. The nine-high flush takes the mound <laughs> for the Giants. Andrew Haney and the Dodgers, a dollar thirty-five road favorite here. i all with a total of eight.
4: Boy, this this uh, team has not been good. The Giants, you know, they beat uh, the cup with it four nothing yesterday. Yeah, four, no- four Red- runs with two outs
3: and nobody on in the bottom of the fourth. They score four runs. That's the whole game.
4: It was a, it, absolutely. Redon was outstanding. You yeah. uh, could have gotten a plus price on the run line yesterday with the Giants, uh, but I, I like the Giants here as the dog. Um, Webb has pitched well against the Dodgers in the last start July 22nd at Chavez Ravine. Six innings, five hits. Um, I think he pitches well here. I think the Giants figure out a way to win this game. I like under eight. It's not a bad play at all with this Giants offense being inconsistent.
3: I'm a big Logan Webb guy. Uh, he goes out there, and all he does is throw sinkers at the bottom of the zone, and you have to hope they field the ball behind him. That's the whole thing.
4: You know, it's frustrating when you look at uh, Crawford. He was a gold glove winner in the past. Lamont Wade's been horrific oh, he's at awful. first
3: base. He's awful. You think he'd hit better to make up for it? Okay. We said the Mariners would have to play 10 out of the first 13 out of the break against Houston and the, or the Yankees. They lost all seven to the Astros. <laughs> so they couldn't even get that game on Saturday. No,
4: did they won the game. Did on they? Oh yeah. yeah they yeah, came they back. I'm sorry. I'm hit. sorry. Yeah, yeah, they were up
3: three. Nothing got yeah. down four, three and came yeah. back and won five, four. So they got one game. Uh, Marco Gonzalez now taking on the Yankees. Domingo Herman was horrible. His first start back better his second. Yankees. A dollar ninety favorite off a dollar seventy five overnight here, uh, plus one ten on the run line totals nine.
4: Uh no play here. Um, price is a little bit high for me on New York, but I like them to bounce back after getting beat. Uh, or excuse me, they came back yesterday, right? They are they ended up no they blowing, lost. They, they, lost. they came back and then they blew the yeah, lead again, eight, right? Six uh, against the uh, Royals. A uh, little bit of high price, but I'd tell you what when you look at this Mariners starting pitching, adding in Castillo with Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, Kirby, and now Marco Gonzalez here getting the start tonight. Uh, This team could be pretty formidable in the postseason. I I wouldn't discount them. If you like a long shot, this might be a team for you. Can I interest you in
3: Tariq Skubal and the Tigers taking on the Twins in Minnesota against Undecided at plus
4: 130? Uh, No. Okay. I I think even though the Twins didn't fare well uh, in San Diego losing two out of three games there and struggling offensively in two of those three games and losing two out of three against the Brewers, I think they will do much better against the Tigers. Remember, uh, they won both games against Detroit uh, after the All-Star break. I think we'll see a similar fate here.
3: I was sitting next to our mutual friend who lives in San Diego during the game, and I asked him, because they were both standing there, because they hit together in the lineup, so they were both taking swings before the inning started. If you were starting a franchise, would you rather have Carlos Correa or Byron Buxton?
4: Oh, I would take Correa.
3: He said that too.
4: Bu- Buxton is hitting for homers this year, but he, his problem has been he hasn't been able to hit consistently. Remember, I think Buxton was a, what, one or two pick overall. Yeah. He just hasn't been consistent.
3: Orioles are at the Rangers. Watkins against your guy, John Gray. John Gray, $1.60 home favorite total, 8 of oh, Isn't that a little heavy? Oh, that's very heavy. Huh?
4: I mean, come on. <laughs> are you kidding me? Uh, that's a big number here. Now, Watkins is a little bit concerned from the whip standpoint. 1.41, uh, 20 base on balls in just 58 innings pitch, but... I, I this Rangers team, I mean, you know they they get their runs in a couple of innings, take most most of the game off, and then they'll take the next day off.
3: Real quick, Amalas, we're we're running out of time here. Royals at White Sox. Mm-hmm. White Sox still in the race in the nor- in the Central and Wild Card. Big bat Brad Keller against Michael Kopesh, Kopesh a dollar sixty favorite. Total nine.
4: Yeah, this was the one I thought about with Scherzer. I thought these two you can get plus yep. one hundred and six if you parlay them. I like Kopesh here. I thought this price is going to be higher against this Royals team. No Benetendi in that lineup anymore. I, I like uh, uh, the White Sox here and a terrible bullpen for the Royals. Up
3: next, we have betting across America. Not sure if Applebaum will be on as he single-handedly brought sports betting to Massachusetts. Stay tuned to Visa.